If you're like the rest of humanity, you probably have a really deep sense of justice. You want the kids at school who do the wrong thing and break the rules to get in trouble. That would be right, right? When someone is mean to you, you want to get back at them. It's just our human nature. And it's not necessarily wrong that there is justice and that there is um, punishment when someone has done something wrong. But what does Jesus have to say about that? And if we're followers of Christ, how are we supposed to act that's different than the rest of the world? Let's find out today. I'm so glad you've joined me on Audacious Arrows, where we're becoming recklessly bold men and women of faith through the power of God's word. We have been reading from the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is sat down on the side of a mountain to teach his disciples, and he's giving kind of a lengthy sermon. We read about the Beatitudes or the blessings, and we learned that the blessed life is not necessarily what we think. It's not about popularity and possessions and having things good now, but it's the hard path of following God and obeying him and seeking him through a broken world to gain an eternity of joy with him. So it's an eternal mindset. We talked about how Jesus came not to get rid of the Old Testament law, but to fulfill it. And we talked a lot about how he fulfilled it perfectly. He obeyed every commandment in the Old Testament perfectly for us (laughs) Um, because we can't do it. And then Jesus started explaining some of the Old Testament laws, like you shall not murder, and went deeper than that and said, hey, it's not just about the act of murder, but this is about your heart issue. So if you're angry at your brother, you're also liable to judgment. You're also deserving of punishment. It's not just the act, but it's also our heart attitudes. And so we start to see that, hmm, I'm I'm in trouble. <laughs> My heart is is not quite right, and I'm not able to keep all of this and obey all of this. In a way, Jesus is taking the Old Testament law and making and explaining that it goes deeper. It's even more than we thought. Um, think about what it would have been like for the original hearers of this, the disciples sitting on the side of that mountainside listening to Jesus teach. These were Jewish people primarily who had been studying the law and probably trying their best to obey it. And a lot of them probably thought, hey, I'm, I'm good Jew. I obey the law for the most part. I do all of the things that it said. I, um, I listen to the Pharisees. I listen to my teachers and I, I obey this. And here they're hearing these things and learning that, hmm, maybe there's more to this and maybe I'm not so good. Maybe I'm in trouble. But what these disciples are also going to learn is that um, Jesus came to fulfill the law for them and later they will see him die and rise again and realize what he purchased for them that through faith in his death and resurrection death and resurrection his perfect life could be credited to them in a way they get his good works and his perfection and he takes care of their failures and their sins and the same is true for us so as we read this remember that The more you're aware of your failures and inadequacies and your sinfulness, the more it should cause us to run to Jesus 
and thank him for his righteousness and put our hope and our trust in him. Okay, so we're going to keep reading today. We're going to read about divorce, about oaths, about getting back at people, and about loving our enemies. Um, A couple words to define to give some context before we start. We're going to hear the word adultery again, and we're going to talk about divorce. So divorce is ending a marriage. Um, In I think during this time, a divorce would have also been considered ending a betrothal or an engagement. And um, he gives the reason for adultery. He talks a little bit about that and that it causes someone to commit adultery. So adultery could be defined as doing things that ought not to be done with someone who is not your husband or wife. Okay, so doing something that should only be done with a husband or a wife and doing that with somebody else would be... um, how I would define adultery for you. Okay, and then he's going to talk about oaths and swearing. And often when you hear about swearing, you think of swear words um, or bad words, but that's not really what Jesus is talking about here. Here he's talking about like swearing an oath um, or making a promise or saying, I will do this. Okay, an oath is kind of a serious promise. Um, One other thing is he's going to say, you've heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Okay, so that expression kind of means that the punishment should fit the crime. So if someone punches you in the mouth and knocks your tooth out, the punishment for that should be that they should lose a tooth. The punishment should fit the crime. Okay, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Okay, and then there's one other thing he says. He says, you have heard it said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Okay, so he says, you've heard it said that, but that's not actually in the Old Testament. That would have been something that the Pharisees or the teachers at the time, like, added to the Old Testament. So it was something that was being said and taught in the synagogues, but it's not actually from the Bible. Nowhere in the Old Testament does it say that we should hate our enemies. Um, it It was like a misinterpretation by the Pharisees, a misunderstanding of what was meant in the law. And Jesus is going to set it all right and help them understand it. Okay, so let's dive in. We're in Matthew chapter 5, and we're going to start on verse 31. So find Matthew, find the big number 5, and then find 31. You might have a heading above it that says divorce. It was also said... Whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that everyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of sexual immorality, makes her commit adultery, and whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said of old, You shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, Do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than that comes from evil. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, Do not resist the one who is evil, but if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. 
And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who begs from you, and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You, therefore, must be perfect, as your Heavenly Father is perfect. Well, we've just read four more sections from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. We're still not at the end of it. You're doing a good job in hanging in there. It's hard to understand. I know that if this was my pastor at my church, if he were preaching on this, he'd probably preach an entire sermon on each section. And we're going to try to cover it pretty quick because this is a short podcast for kids. Okay, so Jesus starts out talking about divorce. And I'm not going to go into huge detail there because... Again, this is a podcast for kids, and most of you aren't married and aren't seeking a divorce. Um, But Jesus takes it very seriously, and the reason is because of adultery. You don't want to run the risk of um, causing there to be an adultery or having a divorce for the wrong reasons. Um, Divorce is not a good thing in the Bible. It's permitted because of sin, Um, but it was never intended to be so. Marriage is a covenant. It was meant to be kept. It was not meant to be broken in any way. Okay, the next thing he talks about is oaths, making a promise or swearing, like I swear I will do such and such a thing. And the thing is, is that when we can't keep those, it makes us liars. (laughs) And that's a really serious thing. So, and then there's also like, we shouldn't swear by things that are not ours to swear by or things that we can't control. We can't control our future. We can't control what happens tomorrow. I can't control when my hairs on my head turn gray. So how can I make an oath and keep it? I don't think Jesus is saying we can never make an oath. In fact, there's a lot of examples in scripture where people do make oaths. Um, But I think we're supposed to proceed with a lot of caution there. And we should have what we say be simply yes or no. When you make a promise... Keep in mind that you need to keep that promise. When you make a commitment, you need to keep your you need to keep your commitment. Um, You need to be faithful to your words. So, keep your promises and your commitments somewhat simple, so that you don't come out being a liar. And then we have retaliation: an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Um, And he talks about if someone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. Is that your gut instinct? If someone walked up to me and slapped me on the face, I would want to turn around and punch them back. And that they should have justice, right? Or if someone steals my coat, I don't want to give them something else. I want to steal back from them or get them in trouble or call the police. Jesus' teaching is totally different than what my heart wants to do. And Jesus was the perfect example of this. When he was forced to go to the cross, He went willingly. When he was slapped and ridiculed, he did not retaliate. 
So Jesus is our perfect example. And once again, we see that where we just simply cannot fulfill this, we cannot obey it perfectly because our hearts are so full of sin. Jesus is our perfect fulfillment of righteousness for us. Okay, and then he talks about loving our enemies. Do you have an enemy? Is there someone that persecutes you? Someone that's mean to you at school? Do you pray for them? That's what Jesus is saying that we should do because we are children of our Father who is in heaven. How does our Father in heaven treat his enemies? He came and was born. He set aside his glory and was born and took on human flesh, lived a perfect life, um, and died for us, for his enemies. That's who we are. So that's how he treats his enemies. And we, if we are his children, um, we should also love our enemies. And he talks about how God makes the sun rise and the rain fall on the evil and the just. He gives his common blessings to everybody. And then he also talks about how if we, if we just show love to those who love us, I mean, that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to love your mom. She loves you. Um, but it's not really saying anything really revolutionary or really different than the rest of the world. Everyone acts that way. Everyone loves people who love them. But when you love someone who is your enemy, when you act in love um, and pray for someone who's your enemy, it really says something to people around you. They might think, whoa, there's something different about this person. What is it? And what's different about them is that you're obeying Jesus. Um, he talks about that... Um, he says, even tax collectors do the same when he's talking about loving those who love us. And at the time, tax collectors were viewed as like the lowest of the low. Um, they were kind of like the people who had kind of turned on the Jewish people and they were collecting taxes from their fellow Jewish people to give to the Romans and they were not liked very much. Um, so even they love those who love them. And the last sentence, the last verse of this, it says, you therefore must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Oh, I can't be perfect. And that, I don't know. Do you, do you have the same reaction? I cannot be perfect. You cannot be perfect either. But the good news is, is that Jesus is perfect for us. Okay. Let's talk about our memory verse. We're in Philippians three, seven and eight. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. I'm so glad that you've joined me on Audacious Arrows. I do really love reading the Bible with you. And as we read through the Sermon on the Mount, you might um, kind of be really aware of your sin and your failures. And if you are, the right thing to do is to pray. Talk to God about those things. Tell him how you feel. Tell him you're sorry. Ask him to help you understand. Ask him to help you have faith in Jesus and to put your trust in him. And he will. He hears us when we pray. So part of reading your Bible is to respond to that and talking to God. All right, we'll see you next time.